0: Good afternoon, everybody, uneducated economist here. So I wanted to share this article with you guys. This is going to be a quick video, but I wanted to share this article with you guys. And and to be honest, I haven't even completely read the article yet. But I found it very interesting because when I started reading this article, it really got me thinking about not only the Cantillon effect, but the price of food, the food shortages, and just the economy in general. When you look at the farmlands, Here in the United States. And you think about the food production and the demand for food and the demand for dollars around the world. This article really is very telling of what we can expect coming into the future because I have said it a few times that we have to get prepared for food shortages. And it's not the food shortages within the United States. We're going to have plenty of food here. It's the people outside of the United States who do not produce enough food for themselves, who are not only going to be in demand for dollars which is going to strengthen the dollar, making it difficult on them, because all food is priced in dollars. Well, for the most part, is priced in dollars throughout the world. So the world reserve currency being the dollar and its strengthening is going to put a burden on all these nations who are starving, looking for food. Here in the United States, we produce an abundance of food. Now, there are nations out there who produce more food but there's no other nation that produces more food per capita. So we grow an abundance of food here in the United States. And that food is priced in dollars. Now, what we have here going in the United States is a situation in which farmland is increasing dramatically, the price of it. And really, if you go and you look at this article, it is pretty telling. If you think about how much it costs for an acre of land okay, to farm on. This farmer was anticipating that he was going to be able to buy his neighbor's property that he was selling off for five to $6,000 an acre. What he ended up going to auction and finding the land selling for was $11,000 an acre. So now think about this. This farmer, with an anticipation that he was going to be able to buy the neighbor's land for $5,000 an acre, gave him the ability that, to farm that land and profit from it. But an investor has now purchased that land for $11,000 thinking that they are going to be able to profit from this land. The the rental of farmland is 40%. Right? Let me see if I said that right. Hold on. Uh, 40% of farmland is rented farmland. Okay? Think about this for a second. Think about where this direction is going to. Investors are looking for a yield. They are finding it in farmland. The United States is the number one producer of food. There is famine starting up outside of the United States. You see where this is headed? Okay. A lot of people ask me, I was just like, how do you see these food shortages coming into the future? And it was just like, because the United States is the world reserve currency, and we're the number one producer of food. Nations around the world are not getting their supplies, and the demand for it is going to increase. There is something that you definitely cannot live with in this life, and that is food. And when it becomes in short supply. The demand for it is going to not only increase, but the violence that people will go through to try and acquire it will also increase. This is a scary scenario coming, guys. Don't think that this is like no big deal. This is obvious evidence of it taking place right here. Just look at this investor who is willing to pay $11,000 an acre, but yet the farmer who understands the business was only willing to go to five to $6,000. That means that investor has an idea of what's coming in the future. The farmer knows farming, right? He knows how to produce as much food as he possibly can. Most farmers pay attention to the economy, but who pays attention to the economy the most? The guys with the money, right? And so if the guys with the money are anticipating that they are going to be able to get a return on this farmland when they pay double the price for it, what do you think is probably coming in the future, right? Right? Just kind of put these two scenarios together. And so, when you see the situations happening, right? This look at like the famines taking place around the world or starting to happen around the world and trying to get this grain shipments from, you know, Russia, Ukraine to start distributing that through the rest of the world so that the rest of the world doesn't starve. I mean, it's happening right now, right? The United States is in the best position to take the best advantage of that, right? And so... I think about the Cantillon effect now. When you look at Cantillon's essay, when he talks about rents, he's talking about landlords and he's talking about farmlands. Now, I always just kind of assumed that Cantillon was relating the landlords and the farmlands because pretty much that's what everybody was back in the day was a farmer, right? I mean, you didn't have farm equipment. You really just had a lot of manual labor. And so pretty much everybody had to work work the land in order to produce the food to live, you know, to live, Right? So I just kind of equated it down to that, but really it tells a lot more than that. When the land when the land rent reaches its peak, you know that that's the peak of the money supply. Or I guess I should say that. I said that backwards. When the money supply reaches its peak, then you know it's exampled through the rents. Right? It's indicated in the rents. I don't know, you guys know me, I just babble on on how I'm trying to say this, but I think you guys get it, right? What he was saying is that after you have this new money coming into the system, and the the best example of this new money reaching its peak is when you find rents getting to the point that they're no longer affordable. So, look at the farmlands. Look at what the people are paying for it. Look at what's going to happen to food prices, and think about the rents that these landlords are going to be able to charge for this farmland. The only way they were able to do it is if food prices move up that high. Otherwise, how are these guys going to produce enough food if the farmer right next to them who produces it, who who actually does the farming, was going to do it at five or six, but yet these guys can do it at 11,000, right? It's because they have projections. They know what's coming into the future, and they see it plain as day. I mean... I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if I'm explaining this right because I am on my lunch. I just read that and I just wanted to blast that out for you guys. But I think that's probably the easiest kind of like way to understand it is if you think about it from the Cantillon effect with the new money coming into the system. And when that new money comes into the system, the people who have access to that money first, they get to spend it at face value. But then as it moves through the rest of the system, the people at the end of the line, they have last access to the money. They suffer the most with it. Well, what ends up happening is, is that as this new money comes into the system and drives up the prices, and the people at the end of the line who have not increased their wages can't afford those higher prices, The people who have first access to the money, they don't want to spend that money on those higher priced goods, so they start seeking out the foreign imports. When the foreign imports start coming in, they start driving out the domestic manufacturing, which also drives out the inhabitants, right? So now what you have is you have new money coming into the system, the people who have first access to it, and then there's a bigger divide to get down to the people who have last access to the money, and this divide ever increases more and more as time goes on and ever increasing amounts of new money comes into the system. It eventually drives out all the domestic manufacturing until all you have left is foreign imports and that new money coming in. Once the new money turns off, everybody falls into poverty. So now when we look at what's happening right now, the United States and their new money coming in, it used to come in from manufacturing of all the stuff that everybody enjoyed. But the manufacturing here in the United States has now shifted to imports from foreign nations. And instead of lending money to the rest of the world, we borrow money from the rest of the world. And now we have this new money coming into the system from borrowed money that we buy all the rest of the world's stuff with. There is no way of reversing that situation unless you have a demand for dollars that is continuous. As you go into the future. And if there is no petrodollar out there. Or the petrodollar ceases to exist. Or you have foreign nations who are saying F you to the dollar. We're not doing deals in oil with dollars. Then you better starve them into it. Right? I think this is the end of the life. This is like, this is it. Right? This is like after the food production has peaked out. Then what is it the United States have? Right? Because the rest of the world is eventually going to start producing their own food. And then the United States won't have anything. I don't know, is, that was my random thoughts for, for reading that article real quick. I gotta go back into work. Uneducated economists, you let me know.